Hello to everybody in the Coolaverse, and welcome to Coolacast. I'm Anastasia Allison. I'm the founder of Coolacloth, and I'm the host of the show. Each week, we'll dive deep and investigate the habits and stories of adventure-inspired individuals around the world to inspire you to go from stuck to summit in every area of your life. Welcome to the very first episode of Coolacast. I'm so excited to be here and to be diving into this new adventure with Kula. For those of you who are new to Kula, the word itself means community. And the reason that I wanted to start this podcast is to get to know the members of our community better and beyond and learn from each other and inspire each other to go after the things that we really, really want in life. I was not always the founder of a gear company. In fact, for most of my life, I lived extremely paralyzed by fear. I am a former park ranger and a former railroad police officer who had always wanted to live an adventure-inspired life. And it wasn't until until a near-death experience that I realized all of those fears that had been holding me back from pursuing what I really wanted to do with my life. And that's really what I want to bring to all of you through KulaCast. Kula cloth is just a piece of gear. It's a vehicle to get outside and make your outdoor experience more comfortable and enjoyable. But there's so much more behind this tiny piece of gear. And for me, it's the story of finally following my heart and trusting that it knew the way to get to everything that I had ever dreamed about in my life. And because I have been through that process and because I know exactly what that looks like and what it takes, I want to use the stories of others to inspire you to the belief that it is not only possible, but completely doable for you to pursue whatever it is that lights you up the most in life. There is nothing that excites me more than seeing people realize their own potential. So the theme of this podcast or the format of our podcast is really just going to be interviewing people and each interview is going to be relatively short, so it's something that you could listen to on your way to work. I'm going to ask everybody the same four questions, and there will be a surprise fifth question, which is going to be a curveball question. So I thought for our first episode that I would read the questions and answer them myself, and I'll have a special guest at the end of the show to ask me the curveball question. So question number one is what initially drew you to a love of the outdoors and adventure? As far back as I can remember, I was outside and I always felt like the outdoors was this safe haven that didn't judge me for who others thought I should be or who I was. It was always a place that accepted me exactly how I how I am. I was bullied as a kid, and so the trees and the crawfish and the snakes and the alligators in our backyard in North Carolina 
were the friends that I had as I grew up. And when I moved to Pennsylvania as a young child and experienced a lot of bullying, I found peace and joy climbing trees and playing in mud holes and hiking. And it was that experience of being bullied, I think, that initially drew me to a deep love of the outdoors because I realized that when I was out there, I wasn't thinking about the things that I didn't want in life. And everything seemed to go really well for me. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was connecting with that truer version of myself, the part of me that has always known all the answers. Question number two. Why do you continue to include wild places in your life experience? I cannot imagine my life without some sense of nature or the outdoors. It is the fuel for everything that I do. As an entrepreneur now with Kula Cloth, I think the actual work that I do is to spend more time outside and to reconnect with the entire reason that I started my business in the first place. I think there's something magic that happens outside. You walk away from your computer or your cell phone and suddenly you have space to breathe and you are in the present moment. And It is in that space of now that you aren't worried about future what-ifs or past regrets. You're just simply there, and you're just simply being, and I think there's something about the outside that connects each of us to the essence of who we truly are, and I think that when you realize the power of that. And when you can use that as a guiding force for everything you do in life, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you don't work or whether you are a business professional, whatever it is, if you can find that sense of who you are on a regular basis, everything else in your life falls into place. If you spend a lot of time focused on what you don't want, which is what the majority of the population spends a lot of time focusing on, then you're essentially sending out a signal to the world saying, show me more of these things that I don't want. But there's something different about people who spend a lot of time outside. We have all of this space and we're focused on what we want and it literally changes the energy and the frequency of who you are and you cannot help but attract what you want into your life. That is why I include the wilderness in my life experience now and why it is the guiding factor to everything that I do. Question three, what have you learned from your experiences that you want to share with others? I think the thing that strikes me the most is that you create your own reality and anything you want, anything you want to be or do or have or create is possible. And this is not just for me. It's not just for this select group of lucky people. It's for all of us. And it is only when you can be open to the possibilities and not instantly shut yourself down with limiting beliefs that the ways in which that is going to happen will start to come to you. 
and this is something else that I've also learned, is that you do not need to know all the answers of how to get to where you want to go. You just need to believe it's possible. If you start following the good feeling thoughts, imagine them as a little breadcrumb. Sometimes they won't make any sense because it won't seem like anything that has to do with anything that you're doing. But if you start following the good feeling thoughts, they are going to lead you to the opportunities, to the people, to the ideas, to the moments that are going to allow you to be receptive to all of the things that are lined up right now for you that are going to create exactly what you want in your mind. I had no clue how to do anything before I decided to start Kula. And in fact, I actually wanted to start Kula back in 2016. And I instantly did what most people do. And that's I started thinking about how was I going to afford this or what is going to happen? And how does anybody start a business? And oh, by the way, all businesses always fail. And I, I instantly just sort of snuffed it out. It wasn't until after my near-death experience where I had sort of shaken that fear off of me that I realized I don't need to know those answers. I just need to believe it's possible. And then from a place of believing that it's possible, I need to put myself into a state of being receptive for the answers to come to me. I don't need to go looking for them. I need to wait for them to come to me. And you do that by spending more time outside and allowing ideas to flow and doing things that feel good and focusing on appreciation and gratitude and having a meditation practice and all of these little things that you hear people talk about all the time that we readily dismiss as being a buzzword or sort of a fad that is it. It's these simple things over and over again, and just being consistent with it and allowing all the answers to come to you. And it's a totally magical experience. And it's something that's duplicatable for every single solitary one of us, because we all have that power inside of us. We are all these incredible beings, these incredible blooms of consciousness that are alive on this planet. And what a gift that is for each of us to be able to bring our unique skills, talents, and desires into a rapidly expanding universe. How cool is that? So the final question before the curveball, of course, is what are you doing to protect wild spaces or to give back to wild spaces. I think for me with Kula, as we start to move forward, we're starting to make Kula cloth give back to a lot of nonprofits. So some of our recent designs are going to be giving money to organizations such as Washington Trails Organization and the Washington Outdoor Women, a native pollinator, we're giving money to a wilderness school project and other nonprofits and other organizations that are out there doing all of this really amazing work. We're excited to announce soon that we're working with some diversity organizations and organizations in the LGBTQ community who are really sort of out there in these grassroots organizations making a huge difference. So I think for me personally, that's what I'm really, really excited about. I think on an individual level, I think just doing my best in small ways. I'm not perfect. I drive an SUV. I am definitely not completely zero waste, 
but I try. And I think that somebody famously once said that a million people doing something imperfectly is better than one person doing something perfectly. And I think that just making tiny conscious decisions on a regular basis to be more sustainable in our lifestyles is something that I put into practice every day. And I really do try to live that. I think Kula as a whole, while Kula really is this sort of reusable toilet paper for anybody who squats when they pee, I like to think that Kula opens up a deeper conversation. So maybe somebody who has heard of a pee cloth but hasn't really thought about other sustainable options. Maybe Kula is sort of their gateway into zero waste, or maybe it causes them to question some of the other things that they're doing in their life, or maybe it gives them more awareness of the other Leave No Trace practices. And so I think that All of those things together are ways that I'm giving back to a place that has given me so much. I think the other thing that I want to add is that I really feel as though the wilderness is a reflection of each of us. I think that's why we get the sense that we're going home when we go into the backcountry, because I think that deep down at the core of who we are, We recognize that we're all so connected and that those trees and those mountains, there's a piece of them inside each of us as well. And I can't begin to quantify what I have gained through that understanding in my own life and That is why I will continue to do whatever I can to be an advocate for public lands and wild spaces. I think the other thing that's really important is that together as a community, we focus not on what we don't want, but on what we want. You'll hear a lot in this podcast that when you focus on what you don't want, even though it's really tempting to do so because those are sometimes the things we're really mad about, When you focus on what you don't want, you actually cultivate the energy of what you don't want. And so it actually can put out a signal saying, show me more of these things I don't want. And so the magic of this is that creating what you do want is as simple as shifting your focus. So if there's something that you actually don't want within the outdoor space, so for instance, seeing people littering on the ground... If you can focus your attention on what you do want, which is seeing this incredible community of inspired individuals who are going out there and making a conscious effort to adventure intentionally, you will be led to decisions and moments in your life that are going to reinforce that that's actually happened. And in fact, you might get ideas that are going to strengthen that community in the wilderness. So I hope that the start of this podcast has inspired you to really start asking yourself these questions. And I hope that you're also excited to hear the answers that our guests are going to have over the next episodes that we have. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring in my special guest, my husband, Aaron, who is going to be kind enough to give me the final question, the curveball question. Okay, 
Go ahead, Aaron. All right, here we go. What advice would you give to young people interested in money laundering? <laughs> um, not to do it. What if they want to, though? I guess if you wanted to get into money laundering, well, first off, I would recommend knowing what it is. So like a Google search? Like, yeah, I would probably say start with Google and go from there. But I, definitely not something I could could get behind or endorse. So you tell them, like, don't go for their dreams. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. If your dream is money laundering, don't go for that. There are other ways to get money, maybe. <laughs> Fair enough. Thanks, Anastasia. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Well, that's it for our very first episode of KulaCast. Thanks so much for joining us. If you have any questions or comments, you can always reach out. Our email is hello at KulaCloth, that's K-U-L-A-C-L-O-T-H dot com. Or you can find us on Instagram at KulaCloth. Looking forward to talking to you all very soon. Thank you.